Hi everyone. So on this episode, I talk about a time when I used to be a magician and how that is connected to my journey now as a regenerative and organic farmer. And I look forward to sharing that with you. So I'll see you in the episode. So the big question is this, how do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways? How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Shambhala Living podcast. On this episode, I'm going to share a story that I I haven't shared with you guys yet and and I don't often share it anymore because I don't practice it and that is many years ago I used to be a magician a professional magician and it seems quite worlds apart from where I am right now as a organic farmer a regenerative farmer but actually, it's it's not too far apart, and in in fact, it's it's a very much an underpinning of the way that I farm and the way that I live, based on this whole Shambhala living way. And I think that it's important to share this because it's a way of looking at the world through the lens of life is magical firstly just let's go back to the story of actually being a magician and then we'll move to what what's that got to do with with growing food and how does that help you grow food way back when i was a little kid i used to love magic i don't know exactly where it came from but i think it was just that inherent belief in magic you know seeing presents under the tree as a kid and believing that somehow they magically came there by um, maybe that was part of it or the Easter Bunny I don't know like but all the 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 fantasy stories the fairy tales all of that stuff I I hands down believed in and I loved it and and I think that we all probably come into the world with our our eyes wide open, our, our um, belief is, is wide and, and then something starts to happen and it, we kind of lose that magic, lose that spark. And for me, maybe it was, you know, finding out, <laughs> you know, and for, for if you've got kids in the car, then maybe I won't, won't say some of the things that I want to say in case those that don't need to hear but there were some things that I found out that kind of made me lose that spark you know my mum and dad telling me some things that I thought were were true and then kind of some things came crashing down and and that was probably the beginning of the end of, of a part of my magic life but there was there was something that that kept it alive and that was my my grandfather my grandpa, each year he would, at Christmas time, he would, after lunch, he'd 
pull out this thing and it would always be different every year and it had something to do with magic and and um and I, I really loved it and it it sparked something in me and kept that dream alive for many years and each time we would go to the Royal Easter show which was a if you're in Sydney um you would and in Brisbane they've got the Ecker so I used to go to the Royal Easter show and each year they would have the show bags and I would always go for the magic bag. So that also sparks my thing and then seeing some of the, the show magicians that are out there, um, they really lit something up. That was something that I started to, to do and, and play with. And, but then, then as my teenage years came about, I lost that. And I didn't believe in magic. I, I kind of understood from my teachings from school and from seeing the adults of the world. It, it looked like the adults had it sorted. They, they were telling me what to do. They were teaching me the ways of the world, supposedly, through school. And it looked like the house was in order. It looked like, you know... You, you get a good job, you, you you go to school, get a good job, get a mortgage and pay that mortgage off, retire, die and that was the way. And it looked like that there was no spark left and, and then something happened. I went to a friend's 21st. I was, I was younger, I was 18 but I went to this friend's 21st and I saw this magician and his name was Ace McDermott. And, uh, and I saw him and magic became alive again. He, he did things that just blew my mind and they were totally unexplainable and something lit back up inside me, this, re- this realisation that had been, that had gone out or had been dimmed, this realisation of, oh my God, like, magic could be real and it lit this thing back up and at the same time I was training for uh, training in martial arts and and doing my my gradings to get my black belt so I had these this kind of double thing going on I had this like magic life and and that was uh, after meeting this this Ace McDermott this magician and I rang him and I asked where can I learn? And he pointed me in the direction of, of a place and I, I went down to, to this, um, this magic shop, this professional magic shop that was tucked in this, this um, backyard garage of, of this other magician. And I went down there and, and he gave me a job and I, so I'd go there after school and I would work in this shop and I'd meet magicians and then I started to get job bookings and, and going out and doing magic. And... The thing that I loved about it most was that although most of the thing that I was doing was an illusion, it I still believed in a deeper sense of magic and what I've come to see is that, that the world is so much more magical than what these illusions um, that I was sharing with people under the, the name of magic the world is so much more profound than than that 
And that's actually why I, I ended up retiring or giving it up after 10 years of doing it as a professional magician because I found things that were so much more profound. Um, and, and that's where we kind of lead into this, this world of gardening and food growing and nature and connection. So at the same time, I'm also doing my martial arts, learning some absolutely mind-blowing things with meditation and mind control and auric sight and astral travelling and healing and all sorts of amazing things and that were more so magic than, than even what I was doing as the entertainment. But as the, from the entertainment side, it was really fascinating and, and wonderful to be able to go into a group of people that were that had it all sorted out in their minds that they, they had life sorted and to be able to do some simple things with some everyday objects and to see the look on their face of almost like the the, the ground beneath them shaking and and the fabric of their existence not being the way that they thought it was and although that at sometimes I felt a bit of a fraud it was like because people really thought that was just mind-blowing magic and on the flip side it was an illusion I really enjoyed that it was using entertainment and illusion to show you that even through just the simple illusion that you're, that our eyes and our perceptions are so limited that there is so much going on around us that we can only label, we can label as this concept of magic because it's unknown, but we, our brain can't handle that so it puts it into these categories of because it wants to know it that's that's how we survive we we feel secure when we we know that the ground is there and that the sun's going to come up and uh, you know we've got our good job or we've got regular business coming and we've got food on the table we've got this regularity and security of of the way the world is because if we if we woke up and and the floor wasn't where we thought it was, it would really mess up our day. And so I loved the, the for the first 10 years of my uh, adulthood was about using this entertainment, but also knowing through the um, martial arts, the Kung Fu world, was that there was some really powerful, real things that I, that I certainly wasn't calling magic. They were like, it was like magic was too trifle of a word to, to use for them, so they were profound. But I also was told and, and um, uh, very strongly encouraged or not encouraged, I was told to not share these things as the martial arts. But as the entertainment, it was certainly encouraged to share this. And so there was it was kind of like... Using art and entertainment to remind people that the world was not all that it seems. However, then there were, but they were the illusions 
but they still cut through and did the job to remind people that that the world is actually magic and people would I'd see them afterwards after I'd done some some magic to them maybe weeks after and they'd still be like oh my god like you know nothing is the same anymore what have you done you've broken me and um you know I I I can't think in the way that I used to think and um but it was also in this concept of wow like there's there's so much more than what is just that our brain can can handle and where that led to was this this realization that we don't have to live the life that we're we're programmed to do that our habitual ways are set to do we but the biggest one and is that I think the most important thing that we can bring to life without having to bring a whole heap of knowledge and trying to accumulate all this knowledge, I think the most important thing that we can bring is the willingness to see life as magical. And there's another word for magical because I think magic is just a word that we um, put in there when we don't know how things work. Like uh, if we went back a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago and we brought out a computer, then people wouldn't understand how that works, and they would call that magic. And a light bulb, if we turned a light bulb on, then that was considered magic back then for those that didn't know the mechanics of it. So. When we know and understand the mechanics or even when we don't understand the mechanics but we understand that there is a, a, a way, then we don't deem it magic. But when the other way of seeing this is the world as sacred, the world as a living organism, the world as this profoundly complex super organism interconnected being or or you could use all sorts of words in place of of being and super organism god life love light but there is something there that when i meet people that have that whether that's in the martial arts world that that understand energy flow and that there's the energy comes from somewhere and that we get to use that energy, we get, it runs through our body and we get to manifest with it and all other people that have a sense of faith and a sense of love and connection to this uh, world that is sacred, something about them changes the way that everything changes it the whole underlying and the foundation of of how they live and how they show up in the world how they present themselves how they offer themselves to to others in service in love in art and something happened to me after firstly using the art using these 
the entertainment, using the illusion to switch the lights on to people, wake them up, give them a, 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 a jolt into this concept of, hey, just just if in case you thought that that you knew what how it all was then it, it's it's more bizarre than you can possibly imagine like like wherever you are right now you're, you might be driving you might be walking the uh walking the dog walking with the kids you might be cooking it, wherever you you are you're standing or sitting on the earth and it all seems fine and and calm perhaps but right now we are spinning fast faster than a bullet flying while spinning and flying through space through this um, solar system and this whole solar system that is spinning around a sun that is beaming light this whole solar system is spinning around a galaxy like that is just mind-bending, mind-blowing that the only way I can categorize it in my head is to give it some kind of name like it's, it's phenomenal, it's magical, it's uh, sacred, it's whether I believe the science of it all or even understand the science of it all, that's not the point. I think the point is to at any moment to to take ourselves out of the feeling that we need to know it all, whether it's growing the food, knowing all the technical jargon or not, the biggest thing that we can bring is this concept of the world is a magical place and then from or the world is so much more complex than the simple ways that we have it in our head because in our head can get complicated in a different sense it can get complicated in in a mental figments of our imagination and we are connected to each other as a species as a as a just one species so in our head we can connect into that we feel that but thinking is so limited even einstein said the most important aspect was imagination imagine this concept of imagination is more important than knowledge and we think that in pursuit of this knowledge for whatever it is for like whatever the the knowledge that you're looking to accumulate is them is the most important but the connection to the perspective of living with a world that is that we don't know at all like i think that as uncomfortable as it can be to to not have all the answers i think that it's humbling first to for the brain to say oh wow like i don't get it i don't understand it and it's like that's a wonderful place to come from 
when that brain starts to, like in the matrix, you start to see the glitches. And, and I think that when we start to see the glitches, then the fabric of our mental world starts to break down. And that, could, that can be devastating and traumatic. But I think that if we can trust in our heart, which is a much deeper, more profound way of connecting, proven that the heart has more bioenergy going to the brain than the brain has coming to the heart. It's also got a much larger field of biophotonics, so light, if you we look at ourselves under a light mic, um, a photo, uh, photograph, a um, machine, then we see that our heart is generating and receiving far more messages, connections of, of this energy than our brain does. So our brain is like the, the workhorse of the heart. So when we, when we start to see those glitches in the fabric of our reality, they are not, that's not our reality falling apart. It's just our perception of the reality starting to expand. So when we expand that out, out then it has, to, um, it has to, to break before it can rebuild itself at a, at a larger level. And the way I believe we do that is by letting go, by letting go of this need to control the way it is to try and accumulate, accumulate all of the knowledge so we can, we can have it all. By letting it go, connecting into our heart, trusting in that this world is bizarre, made amazing. Choosing, I choose it to to see it as amazing. Not when I look at just the humans, because when I look at the human species, we are a dominating species, and when we only look at that, meaning like looking at the news, mostly that news is is the human centric world and that is a is a um is only one small fraction of the whole perspective of nature so when we start to take in the wider perspective of nature and realize that we are part of this wider perspective of nature then it does two things i think that it firstly is a little unsettling is like oh my gosh, like we aren't the dominating species really. We are, or we're the dominating species in terms of uh, how far we've, you know, taken over the, the earth, but we actually in the, the larger scheme of things, we are, we are not the dominating species. We are part of a, an amazing interconnected universe and particularly on this planet earth we are part of a self-regulating self-healing living organism super organism we are part of that and there is evidence 
all around us. And all we have to do is let go of a little bit of our need to control and to find it in our thinking. Let that go and feel, go into a feeling space of when we, going back to the magic days, when we see that illusion or that, that flicker in the fabric of what we thought was so real that starts to see, wait a minute, what, is, what, what actually is real? Then we start to observe, I believe, at a, a greater level when we observe from the heart space, from the inner sight, from the inside out is, is, a, is a way, I guess, of, of seeing that. So bringing that all around to what does this have to do, Craig, with food growing? Well, f- firstly, Shambhala living, as we've talked about before, isn't just about food growing, but food growing is a major part, one of the main pillars of, the, of Shambhala, of, of living in connection with this amazing planet Earth. And it was one of the main things that blew my mind that made all the things travelling the world, doing magic, paled in comparison to what I saw simply happening in my backyard garden, planting a seed that I put it in the ground, in the dirt, and just a few weeks later, there's food growing out of there. Or just a few months later, there's a plant with a pumpkin growing off it or a tomato or a zucchini or the most beautiful, amazing flower all from this little seed and this dirt and the elements of water, air, sunlight, that to me is amazingly magical. I have no idea and, and no one really can give you, you know, we can give you like a scientific, well, this is what happens, but really like that, that's only one part of it and it's nowhere near as important as the opening of the heart, the the bowing down, the the letting go of the control and to just to be a witness to this magical place and and imagine that you could be living in a magical world in a in a I, I keep using the word magical just because I, I do like that word but you could substitute it for whatever a beautiful world a a a loving world like a, imagine that now I'm not saying that that is right now happening, especially if we look out at the news or just seeing the fear and anxiety in people, it would be easy to say, well, that's not the world. But that is precisely where this magic framework comes from to say, whatever you thought it was, I guarantee if we were face to face, I could, we could hold an ordinary thing, a spoon, a, a card, a piece of rope, and we could look at that and we could say fair and squarely, that's what it is. That's how long it is. That's how big it is. And I could do something that will change your perception to say 
that thing that you think that it is, the piece of rope that you think that it's this long is actually two pieces of rope or three pieces of rope or it's actually a whole lot longer in an illusion but just in that simple illusion can show you that the, the mind, it just makes things up to, to make your, your way of living feel more comfortable that if you really knew the thing that you're holding, the phone that maybe you're listening to this on, that every single atom is made up of fluctuating energy, um, waves of energy, that there is no actual physical reality, that it is all just energy vibrating at different speeds and at different frequencies that give the different atoms the the different capacities to create perception of the different realities that we experience so this is all based on quantum physics on quantum mechanics and to me that is a world and when I started to delve down that track that was a mind-blowing world of okay I think that this world is a is is far more amazing phenomenal than what we give it credit for in our everyday lives so when someone asks me the technical jargon of how do you grow a plant or how do i get the you know how do i get this to work in my garden i think that it's not about always knowing those answers although we will find those answers we'll share those answers with you but the biggest thing that I'd like to get across to anyone that I'm working with is first and foremost is the perspective shift to 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 start to see the world in a different way be an observer be a experimenter with the the understanding that you get to use your imagination and therefore you can imagine the world as a beautiful, amazing, co-creative, regenerative world or you could view it as the common view of what the world what the the human perception is right now, which is a jumbled mess of fear and anxiety and um, destruction and greed and, um, and and hatreds. So again, to not dwell on those messages, but to open up to that the the world of gardening. The reason I love it so much is because it's literally the natural world the 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 world that has been living far beyond longer than than humans have been here we get to interact with it we get to to put our hands in the soil we get to see and witness things that are growing like i don't grow a tomato i i don't have any inkling of how to grow a pumpkin or a tomato but i do know how to make the soil, the conditions right in the soil 
so that when I put that seed in that soil and water it and put it in a position with it where the sun has access to it, then I can witness the magic of nature growing that seed into a beautiful tomato, flower, pumpkin, whatever. And that to me is a place that where gardening becomes a spiritual practice, a, a way of connecting a, a portal, if you like, to this magical world that we can call nature. And the very definition or the, one of the best definitions I've seen for nature is that it is a, it is a system of interconnected systems and um, ecosystems, but a huge interconnected ecosystems all working in harmony with each other. Just like, imagine that you gave a whole bunch of instruments to to a hundred school kids and you just said, all right, play, just play your drums, play the piano, play the guitar, sing, hit the cymbals, play them. Imagine the sound and the chaos that would come out of that. But imagine that then that those instruments could start to come into harmony with each other. Then we have this concept of symphony and symphony being those uh, instruments, those vibrations starting now to pulse in harmony with each other, not necessarily all on the same frequency, but in a frequency that is relatively in harmony with the other frequencies. That's a, a visualization of just a small fraction of what nature is doing interconnecting in harmony so there is a way there is a world that we can live in where we are too part of that system where everything everything is in harmony just like the most exquisite symphony or the simplest beautifulest bird song we can live in a world, and I believe we already do live in that world, but we do have to change the percept perception. And when we change our perception, everything changes. If that's all I can, can give you over everything that I've seen as a magician, as a black belt in Kung Fu and as a meditation yoga teacher and now as an organic farmer, regenerative farmer, the most important ingredient that I think we can bring to the table is one of awe and one of um, seeing the world as sacred, special, beautiful, magical. Anyway, that's my, my story of being a magician and how we can bring that world, that, that magic world into the ordinary world that we we see and we live in day to day so hopefully you can go out into your world and start to see the glitches slash 
the breaking down of the ordinary world and behind that ordinary world, right in front of you, is a most magical, phenomenal world. So I'd, I'd love to see some of the, uh, I'd love to hear, I mean, from you, what are some of the things that bring you out? Like what, what are, what's something that snaps you out of the ordinary world, the, the anxiety world, and, and brings you into the, the symphony world, into the harmony world, into the, the magical world? And, Last night I shared the, the thing that does, was doing that for me and still does that for me at the moment is, is seeing the flowers. They just, something happens when I'm seeing these freshly, um, these full blooming flowers. They're just, something just snaps me out of whatever thought I'm in and and just takes me to this place of remembering that it's it's all going to be okay and and we're part of something super amazing and we don't need to know all of the the answers we just need to start with that perspective shift and then plant those seeds of change preferably actually literally into the earth and if you're not yet gardening and you're plant those seeds metaphorically and figuratively out into the world, into the, the way that you live, the way you talk, the way you act. Bring that sense of, of love, beauty and imagination or magic into your world. And one day I'd, I'd love to, to share some of the illusion, the fun entertainment side with you in some form so anyway i that's all i have today so thanks so much it was a bit longer (laughs) and i'll see you in the next episode bye for now and lots of love hey everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode of the shambhala living podcast if you enjoyed it then i'd love it if you would share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.